Hello, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast where we usually explore classic texts for the modern martial artist. Today we're going to continue our look into the ways that we can mess up our thought process or how we can be manipulated by others with what is called the gambler's fallacy. I am categorizing this under what I've been calling mental self-defense, and which I felt was way too long to include in episode title, so I've shortened it to MSD. So if you see that, you'll know what kind of episode it is. So the gambler's fallacy is when we make the mistake of thinking, if we do the same thing over and over again, it increases the likelihood of it happening in the future. Because essentially we are caught thinking, well, it has to work eventually, or we convince ourselves the likelihood of something working increases each time we try it, even if the probability of it happening on each try is in theory the same. Another way to put this is that we believe that just because something has happened a lot before, it is less likely to happen moving forward. Or the opposite, because it hasn't happened frequently before, it is not going to happen in the future. The reason it's called the gambler's fallacy is because the classic example is someone gambling, who thinks because they've had a string of losses, they must be due for a win. So, they keep going, even though the probability of them winning or losing doesn't actually change with each try. Think of rolling dice. Let's say you want a 6. You've rolled the dice 10 times, and a 6 hasn't come up once. Surely it's bound to happen soon. What are the chances that you'd roll the dice 11 times and still not get a 6? The fact of the matter is each time you roll the dice, there is a 1 6 chance that you're going to get a 6. That's 16.6 repeating percent chance of getting that 6 every time you roll it. The fact of the matter is the chance you're going to roll a 6 on the next toss does not depend on what has happened in the past. The chance is the same every time the die is cast. We can refer to this as the events having historical independence or that they are statistically independent. I have to admit, I spent a bit of time thinking about how we could relate this to our training. I came up with two situations, one which isn't exactly the gambler's fallacy, but I suspect may be helpful to improve our sparring strategies, and the other is one that relates to self-defense. So, in sparring, one might say there are probabilities that we can get some particular move to work. Assuming all variables stay the same, Some moves are riskier than others. If our opponent can't figure out what we are doing, in other words, if we aren't telegraphing our intentions, then there's some chance we'll get to pull off some move successfully. The problem I see is when people keep doing the same thing, either because they are too target-focused to shift strategy, or just plain can't believe the move isn't working, especially if they're getting all the details, air quotes, right. Surely, if they just muscle harder into the move, then it'll work, right? Not so. The way this doesn't exactly line up with the gambler's fallacy is that once you've tried unsuccessfully to pull off a move, I suspect the probability of it working drops dramatically. Your opponent knows what you are trying now and can formulate a defense. So, unlike the dice rolls that have the same probability each time you cast the die, in sparring, my suspicion is that unless you're going against a severely underskilled opponent, 
the probability that a move is going to work drops more each time you try it unsuccessfully. And yet, I've seen myself and others just try to charge on through it, try it again and again, thinking that maybe this time it'll work. Whereas a better strategy is to transition to something else. Trying it again is not the solution. I've seen this a lot in my Shuaijiao training recently, though it applies to all kinds of grappling. I've gone for a move called in Chinese Baotui, which might be described as like an outside single leg. Basically, I drop down and hug the opponent's leg into my chest, while trapping his hips between my shoulder and with my head on the outside. If done correctly, I've seen this take someone down quite quickly, even when they're resisting. But I'm not that good at it yet, and so I've had more than one person compensate and keep their feet. Instead of just trying to pull them down even harder, it quickly became clear that I was better off transitioning to either a different position or a different takedown. They're already resisting the boutway. It was time for me to capitalize on that and either take their back, go for an ankle pick, or something else. Continuing to try the move repeatedly, thinking that surely it'll work this next time, might be considered an expression of the gambler's fallacy, albeit with some caveats. The other situation I have seen relates to self-defense, where people don't believe that bad things can happen to them. They've never happened before. They've gone out and engaged in risky behavior many times before, and nothing bad has ever happened, so surely that is going to continue, right? Again, there are other variables at play. In the Gracie Women Empowered program, which is kind of like a subset of jiu-jitsu training that is focused on dealing with sexual assault, I learned about something they called the triangle of victimization. I don't know if they came up with it themselves or got it from somewhere else, but it's the first place I'd ever heard of it. The idea is that you need three things for something bad to happen. You need a predator, a potential victim, and an opportunity. Take any one of those away and the bad thing can't happen. A potential victim may be standing right next to a predator, but if they're in a crowded room full of people who will jump to the victim's aid, then the opportunity is not there. If the potential victim is out wandering about creating the opportunity to be victimized by their choices and there's no predator, well, then the bad thing can't happen because there's no one there to do the bad thing. Likewise, the predator may have staked out the watering hole, found the perfect ambush location and exit route, and yet, if no prey, no potential victim shows up, again, no bad things can happen. The only time you'll need self-defense skills is when all three of those are present. Now, like with the sparring, I'm not sure this can be exactly mapped to the gambler's fallacy. When humans are involved, we never quite get the precise mathematical representations that we can with something like dice rolls or roulette spins. However, the kind of thinking expressed in the gambler's fallacy makes sense as a potential trap when thinking about self-defense. Like I mentioned at the beginning, it's the thinking that the probability of future events is based somehow on the number of times something has occurred in the past. Maybe the reason you were okay the last few times was simply because no predator was present, or the predator didn't feel the opportunity was right, or maybe it didn't happen because the timing or location was off. Thinking that just because something bad has not happened in the past means something bad will not happen in the future 
is the kind of head-in-the-sand thinking I hear from people who reject the idea of being prepared for trouble, be it a power outage, a contaminated water supply, a home burning down, or pick whatever man-made or natural disaster you want. Likewise, I've heard more than one person say that they don't need to train the martial arts because they'll never need them. One of the most common eyewitness statements you hear after something horrible happens is something along the lines of, no one could have seen it coming. Well, I reject that. There are very few instances of where that is true. Usually, the truth of the matter is that the signs were there, but people didn't pay attention, or they saw the signs and chose to ignore or downplay them. We should be careful not to judge the probability of future events, be it in training or in life, based simply on the number of times they've occurred in the past. That's all for today. Please help the podcast out by sharing and telling people about it. The best way you can help us is just by letting people know that it's out there and what it's got you thinking about. Thank you for listening and talk to you again soon.